our series in the book of Proverbs, and uh, it's my joy to be able today to, to uh, be sharing about uh, the ex- wisdom for the extended family. Um, unusual phrase, but it's something that we, we feel is vitally important to equip you for everyday living. But seriously, the, um, there's such joy in when we have a, an extended family. Whether or not it's our own nuclear family or a wider family, particularly the church family, um, when we're growing. You know, we're, we've gone to two meetings because, to make room for more people, and it's a joy. You know, pe- more people have joined us in the last year who weren't there a year ago. Next year, there'll be more people. Um, God willing, that, that this family will ever be increasing because it all originates from the original family, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is family. And so we are a part of God's extended family. Have you ever realised that? You know, Jesus is your elder brother, Christine. and that wonderful feeling? A wonderful... And, and God is our Father. And the Holy Spirit is our helper. It's a wonderful family that has been born again to come into... And um, well, we need wisdom. This is where we're going with this day. We need wisdom how to handle the stresses and strains of um, of additions. And uh, you know, hands up if you've let's take a bit of a, a straw poll. Hands up if you've had anyone living with you in your family for a, a good period of time. Anybody? Well, look at this. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what about lodgers? Has anybody had lodgers using all the hot water for the shower? You're thinking, goodness gracious me, this is going to cost me a fortune. You know, this, what, it's not, you know the singing of all the songs and in about 15 minutes emptying the hot water tank. I mean, it needs grace, doesn't it? You know, how do you handle that? How do you do that confronting um, graciously? Um, growing up kids returning home and expecting complimentary board and lodging for three years. I mean, it's, it's, that, it, it's, but it's real, isn't it? We're laughing because it's real, you know. Um, Change of dynamics. How do you handle that? Um, granny coming to stay and telling your teenagers what programmes they can and can't watch. Um, I remember that one. That, that, caused, that caused us lots of fun in our family. Um, students, um, making, they come and stay with you, making food and leaving you to clear it up. And you, it's just, you need wisdom. How do you confront that lovingly, not to cause um, fractures in your family? Then relatives, staying over... And uh, overstaying, you know, you begin to pack them the sandwiches up in roadmaps to get rid of them. It's just a, <laughs> yeah. we need we need grace and, and love in huge doses to do life well, don't we? And of course, um, that's how it should be because um, God wants us to grow in godliness, to Christ likeness, and Jesus always had time for people. And the source of such wisdom, it comes. There's two types of wisdom, church. There's, there's a wisdom from below, which is there's a lot of earthly wisdom around, isn't there? Um, but there's, I'm talking about the wisdom from above. There's two types of wisdom. And there's tragedy when God's people draw from the wisdom from below as their primary source of wisdom rather than the wisdom from above. Because when we draw from wisdom below, we get ourselves into all sorts of problems. And uh, we need to know that the source of heavenly wisdom comes from the father of lights. And when any situation where there's additions to a family or, or to your 
um, what was called your small groups. We're going to name, rename the small groups to community groups because it re- it's more reflective because some of the small groups aren't small anymore and but we're doing community so we're going to call them community groups it's more reflective than we are but when you get new people coming in that's a joy but it changes the dynamics again doesn't it you get new people coming into the office at work or a new teacher in the staff room it changes the dynamics when you've got a class and you get um unruly kids coming in or whatever there's, there's it it never life's never the same is it from one day to the next so we've got to learn how to do life well in terms of change um you know the 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 four stages of um of groups forming yeah storming a bit difficult then it begins to settle down norming then you begin to perform storming norming performing yeah something like that forming storming norming and performing and so with our new community groups, when new people come in, new dynamics, we have to know wisdom how to handle that, as you would with our little gorgeous granddaughter. Gorgeous. And, uh, and there are moments that life throws up, doesn't it? Um, especially Christmas, weddings and funerals. Remember the wedding reception when you have to sit around, you know, you go to the tables, don't you, and all the little cards on, you look, who am I sitting next to? We always seem to get the people baptised in lemon juice sitting next to us. You know, like we're, we're the ones that, that people seem to... People getting married say, well, we'll this, is not, this is a request. Put us with some nice people next time. We, we always were the ones that... Have, we, Scram and Sue, they'll handle this. You know, they'll handle Auntie Gertie. Um, uh, it's just like... You need extra grace, don't you, sometimes? Just to... How do you handle that? Um, or when the will's given out... And it's friends feeding time, a frenzy. Because that one item in the family that Auntie Doris didn't itemise, that's the one everybody's going for. It will happen. And how do you, when you make a will, we've just made our will, it needs a bit of wisdom. You can't just write it. You have to think about it. Who will it upset? Who it won't upset? Who go, who, who's going to have my air rifle, my fishing rods, my bike? It's all these sort of things. <laughs> who's going to have the sewing machine? I'm not bothered about that. I just, you know, <laughs> you need wisdom, don't you? We, what I'm trying to get today is that because of life throws up so many imponderables, it's stupid not to come to the Father of Light for wisdom day in, day out, because the people that do will do life well. Then what about caring for aged parents? I'm glad my son-in-law's not here today. Um, (laughs) My daughter. But you're expected to do the lion's share of the care because you're the religious one. You know, you're a family of four, perhaps, and you're the only Christian, and you've got parents who are aging, and they expect you to do all the hard work. Do you know that? That's a real situation. How do you handle that wisdom? How do you handle that? Well, there is wisdom available um, from Proverbs, which we'll be looking at. In, if you like to turn, if you have a Bible, um, Acts chapter 6. Because here we see the early church. There were, the family was growing. It was an extended family. Verse 1, of um, it actually says this. It says, in those days of chapter 6 of Acts, in those days when the number of disciples were increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained about the Hebrewic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Now that was wisdom. That was real wisdom. Because leaders are tempted to do everything, but it was wisdom not to do everything, but to delegate. 
Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. You see here, Holy Spirit and wisdom. We will in turn, we will turn this responsibility over to them. So it's, it's, there's a wisdom in delegated responsibility. I'm so glad we're building a team here. I'm not a one-man man, one-man ministry. Yeah. Oh, what a joy. It's wisdom in delegating now. And we'll give our, we will give our attention to prayer in the ministry of the word. The proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And it goes through the list. What I'm getting at here, uh, friends, is that we, rightly we put a huge emphasis on being filled with the Spirit. Okay? I, do, I believe we do not put enough emphasis on being filled with wisdom. Here, the apostles saw that the impartation of wisdom was hugely important, being filled with the Spirit and full of wisdom. In other words... By inference, the people in the early church were full of the Holy Spirit, but weren't full of wisdom. You know, you can be a charismatic and really stupid. (laughs) And it's possible. You can be inspirational, charismatic and crackers. We've got a a good charismatic friend, a lovely guy. And we we were on um, mission together, we were doing an open air. And uh, he was preaching, anointed. And the crowds were just walking by in this busy city street, not here. And it wasn't cold, by the way, so I want to say that. Um, he'd be a lot more wise than this. Anyway, to gain a tr- crowd, the guy undid his trousers and dropped his trousers. Now, exactly your face is expressing what I'm feeling, Jenny. Thankfully, he had prepared to put some flashy boxer shorts on, but the principle was that wasn't wise. That wasn't wise. And sometimes we can do stupid things, can't we? And don't do it. Just don't do it. And so, whether you're confronting the lodger with his lounge attire, I've got to say, we had a lodger who came down one day in his sarong. And Sue said, what are you doing with this? She said, he said, this is my feminine side. She said, you're not bringing your feminine side out here. Go and put some trousers on. You just need wisdom. I mean, you never know what's going to be around the corner, do you? Or telling Granny not to leave her knitting needles in a vertical position when she gets up from the settee because it could cause somebody a lot of pain. I mean, it requires wisdom how to, how to broach that subject so you've still got the relationship afterwards. So we need wisdom. In James chapter 1, verses 5 to 8, the apostle said this, and this is inspired word of God, if you do not know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and you won't be condescended to when you ask for it. In other words, God always likes to give you wisdom. He won't think you're stupid. Ask boldly, believingly, without a second thought. People who worry their prayers... Wow, what a phrase, worry their prayers, are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way, adrift at the sea, keeping all your options open. And it goes on in um, chapter 3, verse 17 of James. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. So that's a great checklist. If you're thinking, okay, Lord, give me wisdom, and you think you've got the solution, 
what you do is a checklist. Is it peaceable? Is it being considerate? Is it full of mercy and good fruit? Is it impartial and sincere? Yep, right, that's wisdom from above. I'll walk in that. But so often we don't, do we? When we're under pressure, our emotions are popping, we, we cut loose and we're thinking, oh, it's like you can't pull, as Carl so well said last week, you, you can't retract words. It's like trying to put toothpaste back in the tube. You can't do it, can you? So it's far better not to say the wrong thing in the first place by just pausing and asking the Father of life, how do I handle this? What do I say to that person or into this situation? So some top tips. This, I know this is what you come to church for today. You want top tips on wisdom of God, right? So here we go. Number one, wisdom deals in facts and not hearsay. Very important. You've heard the phrase, don't assume. Assume makes assume is making an ass out of you and me. So don't assume. Get the facts before assume. Ass out of you and me. It nearly spells assume. I'm claiming it, right? Now, what, do you, what, do you, what I'm saying there is that we can make a judgment on a situation or be forced into a position or allow ourselves to be forced into a position where we've got to make a premature judgment on an issue or an interpersonal relationship. You get pulled into it at work, don't you? Or with the kids, you know. <laughs> I mean, um, I won't go down that route. But the kids can be quite divisive. They can go to your mum, then go to your dad, trying to get the... Right? So there's wisdom in not making um, premature decisions on, a, on an issue before you've got both sides of the story. Now, that might sound obvious, but people do it day in, day out. And that's where there can be tensions in the office at work, in home and family. You see, these seven guys, spirit-filled, they wouldn't have just made a judgment. Wisdom would have gone round to address what the problem is. Right? Okay, gone to that section of widows, this section of widows. What's happening with the, the church food bank at Jerusalem? And then they would have made the decisions. That's why the apostles said, we want, need men of wisdom do it, dealing with this, not just inspiration, who can come to the wrong conclusions. In Proverbs 18, verse 17, this is the verse for this particular point, the first speech in court always sounds convincing until the cross-examination starts. Don't take sides, get all the facts then if you are required to, with humility, bring your considered view and decision. Yeah? There's wisdom in that, isn't there? People sometimes press you to get on their side, and you have to say, no, I'm not, I'm sorry, um, I'm not in a position to make a judgment. I don't know all the facts. That's, that can keep a friendship, can't it? Wisdom is recognising, secondly, second point, wisdom is recognising you don't know it all. So to be wise is to know you're not fully knowledgeable. Or, no, you're not fully wise. Knowledge and wisdom are different. So that's, that's an important thing. If you want to be wise, you recognise that you're not all wise and all-knowing. It just helps. It's a simple thing. Well, why is that so important, Graham? Because it produces in you a hopeful humility. Saying, well, I don't, I'm not, I don't know the answers to all things. So you approach an issue with a sensitivity and a gentleness and just a caution. It's helpful, teachable. So wisdom is recognising you don't see the whole picture, just fragments. Who took the biscuits? This is the illustration. Who took the biscuits? 
couldn't believe it was the elders in this story when we took the biscuits from the, um, the kitchen at our church centre and we confessed it. But they could have made a wrong assessment, a wrong judgment. I bet that person took the biscuits. Well, in actual fact, it was far worse because the elders took the biscuits. <laughs> but that enables us to respond with humility. And Proverbs 15, verse 1, it says this, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So when a Rottweiler bursts through our fence from the neighbours, and our grandkids were in the garden, I could have got a tad angry. Right? I could have gone and got an air rifle. Instead, I sent Sue out to deal with the Rottweiler and I hid behind. <laughs> now, we're great friends with our neighbours, but that was a key moment of handling it well. Right? Because when our emo- you've got to be careful you don't let your emotions run riot because then you won't, be a, you won't be in a place of sound judgment. You want to be in that position where you're saying, oh God, I could respond this way, I could react that way, but I'm, I'm drawing down on you now. It's, it's, a, it's like walking in the Holy Spirit every month. I need, and you never know what's around the corner, do you, in life? One moment you're driving along, and the next moment somebody cuts you up, and there's a near an accident, and your emotions get in, and the people get out, and you could, you know... God, please help me here, because this could be dangerous. You, you've got to be prepared to live that spirit-filled life, and I say that to myself as much as you. We're all learners, because wisdom is, you mean you don't know it all. I do not know it all. It's always dangerous when we, as preachers, we think, I, I, I'm through on this. I'm not through on this. I'm still learning, and I'll learn till the day I die. And, you see, wisdom is recognising you don't see the whole picture. Also, wisdom is learning from understanding about previous lessons God has been teaching us. That's how we grow in wisdom. The boy Jesus, he grew in wisdom. It's not just you're there, but all being well, next year you'll be even more wise than this year. Yeah, you've got life lessons, but we're talking about how we walk in the spirit and to download the wisdom from above. So it's interesting that um, Jesus... When, after the, in, uh, let me think, it was in Mark chapter 6, um, it, the, the disciples had just been engaged in a supernatural reproduction of bread and fish. Do you remember that? The feeding of the 5,000, how many thousand it was. And it must have been profound for them. Why, God's with us, supernatural, excellent. At the end of the day, Jesus sends them across the lake to the other side. He said, go to the other side and... On your own, I'm I'm just going to spend some time in prayer. So he was praying above these slopes and Sea of Galilee, and a a squall threw. It was a quite bad squall. These fishermen got scared for the lice. And Jesus sees them from afar, so he decides to go down. And he walks on the sea, and he's walking past them. I mean, this is Jesus, right? He's just, hi guys, how you doing? I'll I'll see you on the other side, right? So they're just, Jesus, we're... And so he gets into the boat. And um, he, he, he rebukes the, the, um, the, the weather, and uh, it's calm. Now, why am I saying this? Because at the end of Mark chapter 6, verse 52, it said this, For the disciples had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. What's all that about? i tell you what it's about. They should have learned the wisdom, that through those circumstances, they should, have, they should have squeezed the juice of wisdom out of the fact that God will provide. That was the lesson. Yeah, you got it? Supernaturally, God will provide. 
So they go to the next lesson. Jesus didn't, doesn't get in the boat on purpose. That's why. Let's see. Get to the other side. They get in the boat, and it all goes south. Right? He expected them to have grown in spiritual wisdom because what he had allowed them to encounter on that particular issue. Even if the boat had had sank, because Jesus said, go to the other side, it would have gone as a submarine, I'm sure. Because Jesus' word is supernatural. You getting me? So as a church, we corporately can grow in wisdom. We will get a building. God has given us a building. God will provide for a building for us. I'm utterly convinced. How can you say that, Graham? That's arrogant. No, it's not. It might seem to you, but I know from times I've seen God provide buildings for for us, the churches we've been involved in, three, four, this will be the fifth occasion. And with the furniture project, the hub, we're increasing wisdom. So let's not our hearts be hardened because we don't understand what previously God has done for us. We should be saying, yes, Lord, we believe what you're going to do because you've already done it. The danger of a hardened heart is it stops us receiving more wisdom and insight. They couldn't receive because their hearts were hardened. And if you get a hardened heart, what you end up doing, you end up drawing on the wisdom that's from below, not the wisdom from that's above. Yeah? I'll come back to that later. You see, God is bigger than our hearts. I love this verse because it gives me great security to know that, yeah, I see in part... Um, sometimes I think, oh, God, I'm, I'm useless. Yeah. But God is bigger than my heart. My assessment of me is not God's assessment of me. It's far bigger. It's wonderful. God is bigger than our hearts. Our hearts, we think we know everything, but we don't. But God is bigger. It's precious. Okay, God, I might not see the old thing on this one. I'm going to trust you. So, point three. Don't feel, this is an interesting one, this will be surprise you, from Proverbs 3.34. Don't feel you have to get, engage or pander to divisive people. Don't, you don't have to get into conversation with device, divisive, cynical people. Wow, that's not got it up. Right, it says here, in Proverbs 3.34, in the message, great translation, it says, God gives sceptics a cold shoulder. So a cynical person, sometimes God say, well, I'm giving you the cold shoulder, mate. I'm not going to talk to you. I'll I'll just go on to the person who's got a humble, lowly heart. And sometimes in my past, I've I've sought to engage with cynical people because I've got to win them for Christ. But they're just so hardened. And God here, in Proverbs, he says, no, give them a cold shoulder. Don't get drawn in there. Jesus didn't answer every question that people asked him. Yeah? And sometimes, Jesus did that with the Pharisees and the scribes. He didn't engage with it. It made them angry, but some of them came to faith because he wasn't going to be compromised, I think, in Nicodemus. It may be sometimes that you don't, if you don't engage in it, you don't give them that opportunity for them to try and beat you up verbally. No, I'm not talking about that. That might be the wisdom of God to you in that situation. Do you understand? God... Gives the sceptics a cold shoulder. Wow, a verse for the fridge. And we have to look at each situation uniquely because no two situations are the same when we're dealing with people. Um, I'm speaking personally here. Um, 
you know that, that, that sign, is it? Stop, think, bike. Right? When there's, there's a moment where, hold on, this could go anyway, conversation with people. Stop, think, wisdom. Hold on a moment. Since this woman turned up on the scene, things have got worse, not better. Jesus said, you'll know a tree by the fruit. Since this new person came into the office, things have got tense. Just be alert, be aware. Sometimes in church life, newcomers can come in and start beating their theological drum for that particular pet subject. Experts on this, experts on that. I don't worry about that. I I ask myself, what have they built? What have they built? What's the history? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because there's many Christians walking around with flags to put in the local church. Oh, well, you're not doing that. You're not believing that. Let's stick this flag in. Well, somebody needs to put this flag in the ground. That becomes a divisive thing. We do not appoint... Actually, let me give you a, a, a quote. One of the six things, is in Proverbs 6.19, one of the six things that God hates is a troublemaker in the family, stirring up dissension in the family. He hates it. He hates it. We do not appoint people into ministry quickly at Gateway. Why? Because we don't believe it's wise to. We believe the house is built on wisdom. This is one of my pet things. Yeah. If we pull people into ministry the first time or second time they walk in the door, get them into membership, give them a role. I don't know anything about them, nor does the team. It's a, you wouldn't do that with your normal family, would you? You put The wisdom will put safeguards there. and Because so, we want to get to know you, what you like, what you believe. How do you, how do you cope under pressure? How do you cope with criticism? How do you cope when people challenge your view? Do you take your football home? Do you get angry? Do you gossip? It's important that we get to know each other as people and it's beautiful when people just come in and say, I just want to be, I just want to be great to have safe people like that. We can build with that. You build with living stones, not bricks. You see, bricks is, is all pre-shaped. You can't reshape a brick, can you? This is my views, it's solid, I'm not gonna, I can't change it. Um, I'm not prepared to change, be flexible. But a living stone, beautiful, it's pitched, it's flexible. Well, okay, that might be a different emphasis at Gateway to where I've come from before. But hey, I love this family, I'm going to fit into it. You see what I'm saying? But if you come in with your doctrinal stuff and uh, what your way of doing church, you can't build with bricks. Some churches try and build with bricks. We're building with living stones. There's a softness there. There's a beautiful living stone. Beautiful. So there are two wisdoms. Remember this. Why is it that people speak with such insight and authority, yet when when you look at their lives... Their own history and personal relationships is like a bombsite. There is a wisdom from below and a wisdom from above. But the one below, it says, there is a way, in Proverbs, there is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in death. So you've got to be careful you process wisdom well. Well, that seems very reasonable. It seems right what that person's saying, yeah. But what you should be saying, okay, how are they building their life? on the wisdom they're giving me into this situation. Jesus said, you'll know a tree by its fruit. I would not take personally, I would not take counsel from a person who themselves do not have a good track record in the things they are seeking to advise me on. 
This is how you build a garage extension. <laughs> and you look at their garage extension, thinking, good grief, no, no way. But you do that. You know, people are you know, not like this, like that. Um, I wouldn't do it. That's wisdom. Because you know a tree bites tree. If I'm going to receive a person's wisdom, I want to check is it, if it's from above. Or is it earthly? And you can check if it's from above by their life. Look at a person's life. There's so many people now, Christian lead, so-called Christian leaders, experts on the internet doing the, the internet-based you know, pages, experts on everything, but never built anything. Never built anything. I say these Christian leaders, where's the church? Where's the church? What church have you, you, you fathered over the years? What's it like? Is it still there? Or is it just divisive? Because same with parenting, isn't it? If your kids are wild, <laughs> I, wouldn't take, I wouldn't take counsel from parents whose kids are totally unruly. Right? It's just, just hard word to... But it's important. So there's two wisdoms. And fourthly, remembering... This is, this is going to get a bit confusion, confusing. But first of all, I'm going to say this. Remember, hurting people hurt. So people who will hurt you or hurt others, most probably they are hurting themselves on the inside. So be aware of that. Be sensitive, be gentle, be kind, be understanding. Hold on, this person's hurting me. But I may not be the cause of the problem. It may be that they're going through so much pain themselves. So it gives, we need to have understanding and empathy to other people so we don't um, block them off. Um, Proverbs 14, verse 10, it says this, A person who shuns the bitter moments of a friend will be an outsider at their celebrations. It's a beautiful verse, isn't it? It's saying, look, you know, learn to contend for your friends or, or neighbours that... Because don't, don't just take your football and go home when it go, goes through difficult times. They might be embittered for, for reasons you do not know anything about. They might be in absolute physical pain for years. And it's just not working for them and they snap. So we have to, wisdom would say, take a step back and just ask, I wonder if they're hurting themselves. And it just helps you not be, perhaps react more understanding so be very sensitive to those in pain. I have just seen this week a most amazing video interview between um, Rick Warren and his wife. You know, Rick Warren who um, wrote The Purpose Driven Life from Saddleback. Um, he was at a leaders' conference with Nicky Gumbel in the Holy Trinity Brompton. You can download it. It's available on um, Leadership 2014. His, his, um, their daughter, sorry, I beg your pardon, their son who has been through mental illness most of his life. Um, very, they loved him dearly. And last year, somebody sold him a gun and he committed suicide. Rick Warren, the church he leads, is an amazing church. Richard, you've been over there, haven't you, to Saddleback? A godly man. And so-called Christians were getting on the internet saying, ah, God's judgment's on you. You've, you've not parented well. Just tragic, tragic, tragic. And they were showing in this interview, Nicky Gumbel was superb in interviewing them. He said, um, what have you found it most difficult? He said, and, and Rick Warren said, well, people come and say, you'll, you'll get over your grief. He said, we don't get over our grief. We, you, he said, you can't get over your grief. You, 
you go through grief, but don't tell me to get over it, because you don't know what it's like. Don't tell me. And there's so much wisdom being given to them to share with millions of people, honestly, what our God's using them, because they've handled it right. They've, they've responded to such tragedy with a godly wisdom that now they're helping millions and millions of people because they're walking in humility and the wisdom that's been coming out. I, mean, I do just we must get it to you if you if you've um, if you can't get it on the internet. We perhaps show it even here one Sunday morning in the summer. But Graham, you're confusing me. One moment you're saying steer well clear of a hurting person and the um, the person in trouble, and the next moment you're saying to get to know what's causing them to hurt. I don't know what I'm doing here. Well, Proverbs 26, 4 and 5, it says this. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or, or, your, or you yourself will be just like him. Right? Good verse. The next verse is this. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. I've never understood that. I think, what's, his, what's this guy on who wrote this, Solomon? Then I understood one day. What he's really saying is, maybe yes, maybe no. It's situational wisdom. Maybe it's right to walk away or to shun it. Or it may be right to get involved in all gentleness. That's where walking in the power of the Holy Spirit and the humility of the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to minister in the strength of the Spirit. So our furniture project, you know, um, the staff there is superb. They've got this ability to, to know what to do in any given situation because they're drawing on God. What do I say to this person? If you had the same response to everybody, you'd get into deep trouble, wouldn't you? You have to learn to hear God. And that's the same for each one of us. If everything was black and white, it would just be a question of knowledge, wouldn't it? All right, this is what I do in this situation, not speaking to you, because you're a pain in the neck, right? But it's not black and white. There's a supernatural situational element to it. Pain in the neck, I'm going to speak to you. I feel God's asking me to speak to you. How's it going? Are you going through a tough time? Well, yes, I am, actually. It's knowing to walk in wisdom. Also, it's important to learn people's body languages and, and if they're switching off when you're speaking. You know, you can sh- share your bit at small group and everybody's gone home inside the lights because you know, they're, they're clocked off 20 minutes ago because you're still going on about your pet thing. Wisdom is learning to understand how you're coming over. Right? I'm watching you now. Right? At the moment, you're still engaged. Right? But I've had people snore on me. I've, I've had, so I'm thinking, better cut. You see, either I'm going to go on because I've got to get the word over, or I'm thinking, perhaps this ain't flying and I need to. It's being sensitive. That's wisdom to understand how you're coming over in how you. Are you dogmatic all the time? That's not wisdom. It's just rude and insensitive. So we need wisdom, whether it's setting the rent for your lodger, right? Leftovers at the will. Wisdom from above is reasonable. Actually, can you say that? Wisdom from above is reasonable. One, two, three. Wisdom from above is reasonable. Proverbs 11.26 says this. Curses are on him who drives a hard bargain. 
Blessings are on him who plays fair and square. Chapter 10 of Proverbs, don't exploit or abuse your family, play fair financially. Again in chapter 15, a greedy and grasping person destroys a community. Those who refuse to exploit, live and let live. Finally, why should we seek wisdom to behave in a godly way within our extended family? Simply this, it goes back to God, the Father of lies. We're an extension of his family and we, we relate to one another and to the world out of a recognition we're a part of God's family. And, and, and we draw upon God's eternal wisdom, not on wisdom below. I'm going to conclude in a moment by sharing a video. Um, this, is a true, this is a scenario. Lovely woman gets engaged to a very handsome hunk of a bloke. Christians, and he has a really bad car crash. You're going to see it in a minute. And what happens is um, he becomes basically a paraplegic. Now, the wisdom from below would say, don't marry him. You're going to, it's going to hamstring your life. You'd do far better by, you know, be tough. This is wisdom from below. Be, be tough but unhook yourself from that. Don't be tied to this for the rest of your life. All the wisdom from above that would say, hold on, we're talking about eternity here. What did Jesus do in the church? He laid down his life for the church. So to be like Jesus is drawing upon the wisdom from above. Now you're going to see it. It'll be one of the most moving things you've ever seen in your life. Now, I know right now you are sensing that you've seen something of the divine manifested in humanity, right? And everything you've seen, it warms your heart, doesn't it? it? That's because this woman and her fella drew down on the wisdom of God into a very difficult situation. As a consequence, it's going around the world. Because life can be painful. What do we do when we don't know what to do? We come to the Father of lies. And we say, Jesus, what would you do? This is not just a t-shirt slogan or a band round. This is what every Christian who follows Jesus should ask, what, what would you do, Lord? What would you have me do? And this is how the kingdom of God extends when his people draw on the wisdom from above because they were looking at life from an eternal perspective. It's when Christians no longer look at life from an eternal perspective but from an earthly perspective because the, the wisdom from below would have counseled something else. But God is most glorified when they are satisfied in him. Church, we're very special people. Because we have a capacity, when we're born again, to hear God. To have open access to the Father who will give wisdom liberally to us. How precious is that? I want you to go away today 
knowing that God is for you. And no matter what you're going through, there is wisdom from above which will change. When perhaps some would walk away from a marriage because it's just too tough. Getting nil response. Father, how do I handle this? For being with a boss who's just always putting you down and giving you a raw deal. How do I handle this? How do I handle that kid in at the back of the class who's always giving me lip? How do I handle it? Yeah. Church, there's wisdom from above for every situation for us. It's precious, absolutely precious. Now, time's gone, but I'd like us to bow our heads. I'll pray. Father, sometimes we, it's not right to end with a song because life can be too painful. But Lord, I pray for these dear people that you would give to them a fresh confidence to go to the Father, to go to you, ask for wisdom, that they, we, we, Lord, I need it just as much, that we would live with a greater revelation that there is a supernatural repository of wisdom to transform our relationships, our working circumstances, our family, extended family. God, we ask, would you bring to birth in this church such a wisdom from above that it would just grow without ever dividing, without ever splitting. It would grow in compassion, wisdom, where we wouldn't be tossed to and fro, well, he said this, she said that, but God, that we would be a family of sound judgment because we've listened to you. Help us, Lord, we pray this week to put into practice this wonderful truth that has been given to us, Lord. Lord, you said, and shall not you give us all things? (laughs) Lord, we're talking about the all things today. We pray that as a consequence of today, Father, we'd not only be filled with the Spirit, but filled with wisdom for everything we face this week. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.